Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com It's a hard next life. It is a hard next life. A hard next life. Oh, it's a hard next life. It's a hard next life. It is a hard next life. A hard next life. Oh, it's a hard next Well, what is up, Barry motherfucking D? You motherfucker. Happy New Year to you. <laughs> Happy New Year, Craig, a.k.a. Axe. Barry strikes again. He fucking did it. This was a bad one. Worse than he's ever fucking done. Oh, great. I mean, the Knicks start off with a win on New Year's Day. And Barry and I just got fucking clobbered by the fucking worst team in the league. Fuck Barry. We just did a fucking 58-minute-long podcast, and it was good. It was good. There's a lot of good shit going on with the Knicks. There's a lot of great stuff to fucking talk about. Barry sends me the fucking file. It's midnight right now. Sends me the file so I can start fucking editing this shit together. I'll probably get to bed at like 3 a.m. if I'm fucking lucky. I'm sorry I have to talk about this, Barry, but you know what? We have to talk about it. Right. We just have to. I open the thing up, and Barry sounds like a fucking robot. It's so bad. It's entirely overmodulated. Worse than you'll than the fucking posting and toasting show. Oh, worse <laughs> than the worst Nick's. I'm not saying they're the worst sounding Nick's. Is that necessary? No, probably not. Whatever the worst sounding Nick's <laughs> podcast is out there, and I'm not saying it's anyone in particular, it, it, it's a thousand times worse than that. Here, this is what it fucking sounded like, everybody. Here you go. Because they're not going to believe me unless I fucking play some of it, Barry. Right, right, right. They'll just think that I'm like OCD about it, but I'm not. Listen to Barry. New Year's resolutions, all right, of players, and you're going to tell me, you're going to guess the player whose New Year's resolution it is. So I call Barry on the phone, and I'm like, Barry... Did you fucking listen to your audio? How bad it sounds? He listens to it. It's bad. You you said you turned up the gain to a hundred. A hundred? Not, not not on purpose. I did it. I did a test before the show, like I always do. And then somehow between that <laughs> and the start of the show, it got turned up to a hundred. I usually have it at like fifty. How the fuck do we bring the same? energy and emotion we had in the in the last show the last hour back for this i can't speak for you craig i'm a professional i can bring it i've got you're a fucking professional you're a fucking professional (laughs) holy shit (laughs) yeah keep snorting over there barry (sighs) no i do now it's 12 13 in the fucking morning and you were just complaining to me that you have to be up early yeah 
You do get up early. I will yeah, give you that. Yeah, 5 a.m. I get up an hour after you. But I will be up three hours longer than you because of you. But you know what? I'm not going to even fucking... I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not editing this show. I'm not going to take out any stupid things we say. I'm just going to leave it as it is. Barry, are we in agreement on that? Yes. And guys, we're just going to give you what we have to give you. If it's 25 fucking minutes, it's 25 minutes. There is a great show that is going to be thrown in the garbage. And everybody can fucking thank Barry. Motherfucking D. For that. All right, what do you want to talk about? Uh, <laughs> we just did it. So here we go. All right. Three game winning streak. All right. I got to change my fucking entire mood here, Barry. Because now right. this is coming off as angry. Right. And you should be really, angry. We should be happy. The Knicks are six and six under Mike Miller. Six and six since the players meeting. Okay. You you said the same bullshit in the last podcast. Okay. Yeah. Well, and you're the only one that heard it. <laughs> are you going to, anytime we say the same thing we said before, <laughs> you're going to bring it out that we said it before? I'm just going to be natural time. about it. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like we didn't talk about all this shit already. Oh. All right, but let's just go. I'll try. I'll do my best. Okay. All right, that was a big game against the Blazers. It was Mellow's. We had an argument about this on the last, uh, an hour ago, but that was Mellow's farewell, pretty much. Probably his last game at the Garden as a Blazer. He had a great night. But in spite of that great night, which, of course, as Walt Clyde Frazier happily pointed out during the game, he had 26.0 assists. Right, Barry? Yes, <laughs> that's right. But he was the he was the greatest Nick of the last decade. It's kind of interesting on New Year's Day to ring in the new decade. We're facing the greatest Nick of the of the last. And and we got the win. It was our third straight win. Just the second time the Knicks have had a three game winning streak. Over the past like two and a half seasons, like 167 games or something like that. They're six and six under Mike Miller, six and six since the fucking players only meeting. And they're playing well. They, they Barry, do I dare I say that it looks like we've actually got not just a great defense out there over the past three games, Barry. We're keeping these these opposing teams shooting percentages. And I fucking closed all my fucking stat windows. And I have to open them all up, by the way. I'm oh, no. totally flustered. We were just like Let's just fucking do it now again. And uh, everything's closed here. But we held Brooklyn to that like historic 26.7% field goal percentage. Uh, here we fucking go. Oh, my fucking God, Barry. The Wizards, we held to 34.4%. And then the Blazers were like 39%. Over the past three games, no team in the NBA is playing better defense than us. Stats don't lie, Barry. No team is giving up fewer points than us. No team is holding the opponents to fewer to to a lower field goal percentage than us. And on top of that great D that we're playing, dude, it looks like we have an offense, a system. Yeah, it does. Yeah, how many times had we seen that before? Because I can't remember it. But yeah, we were seeing multiple never. times in the game this time that guys are passing the ball back and forth. They're running through screens, handing the ball off to one another. They actually have sets that they're running. They're fucking moving around without the ball. They're, even if they're running in circles, they're doing something. It's they're they're all spread out on the floor. Mm-hmm. We I, we saw that play a couple plays. Someone tweeted about um, this play where Alfred Payton or the point guard's coming up the center of the floor, hands it back to Randall, and he just charges like a bull down the lane, and they can't stop it. Yeah. Plays are being run. Everything's fucking looking great with Mike Miller as the man. He's thinking ahead. Right? We talked about that on the last show. The last show, by the way, which you guys haven't heard, and you never will. 
Yeah, he seems to be thinking, you know, a step or two ahead before something bad happens, you know, whether it's calling a timeout, even when they're up, you know, by 18 points and, you know, before before the other team starts to get momentum or just making a switch on the floor, you know, taking the probability down. I'm having a very hard time, Craig. I got to be honest. You're redoing the show right yeah. now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're having a hard time focusing. <laughs> yeah. You're not the only one. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the show tonight. <laughs> If you want to reach out to us, you can follow. Oh, you can just fucking follow me. No, I'm kidding. We'll keep it going. That's all. That'd be an eight-minute-long podcast. Oh my god! And uh, you know, when we came back uh, online with each other here, we were like, we have to do a fucking podcast. Like this is a great. <laughs> we have to celebrate this three-game winning streak, and they're playing well. Everyone's fucking all crazy about the Frank Dunk, the Dunk against the Blazers. Mitchell Robinson, how he played in that game. Let's talk about Mitch Barry. Pull it together. Barry over there, I could see him like stretching his neck, leaning back in his chair. Get your shit together. You just said you're a professional. Yeah. I you just I admitted was. on the fucking podcast that you're struggling. Yeah. Let's talk about Mitch. Okay. All right. He had that soundbite after the game. All right. Where he talked about, they were asking him like how, you know, why did he dominate so much in this game? He started talking about Marcus Morris. And I don't know who was on Marcus Morris's team in these scrimmages that Robinson was referring to, but here, take a listen to this. Did without my teammates, like Marcus. Um, he got me going. I mean, yesterday at practice, um, they bust I ass. So, and you know, I was kind of mad because they were talking after. So it's like, um, I'm not going to let that happen again. And then, you know, I came in the game and just dominated and, you know, couldn't do it without them. So they were on you a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they talk so much No man wanted to listen to that all day. In the scrimmage? Yeah. yeah. It was like, what was it, like, two to like 14 or something like that? Yeah, it was crazy, but we played multiple games, and they were just kicking our ass the whole day. And that was like, our practice day. So we had to take an ass kicking and go home. So I don't know who was kicking Robinson's ass, but whatever team Robinson was on, and whatever team Morris was on, that team was. Well, yeah, well, it was the starters against. Ass. It was the starters against the Is second that what stringers. It was? Yeah. All right, so they beat them like two to fourteen or whatever. I love Mitch, by the way. He just says he's fucking great. He just says whatever is on his mind. Yeah. He's not even. They're like, why did you play so well? Because I got fucking. We got slaughtered in practice by Marcus Morris. Nobody wants to hear that shit. Them talking shit all day to me. <laughs> Uh, he's Mitchell Robinson was basically like I was fucking pissed and that game against the Blazers I mean Perfect. the number of alley-oops thrown at him dude he went up and got everything he looked so good yeah I've been disappointed at times this season with Mitch because I felt like he wasn't progressing from last season season is still pretty young and he he's been playing great lately yeah and I mean you look at the block leaders right now you know where last season he was like in the top three for pretty much the whole year, and right now he's number nine. I'm totally fine with that. I don't need him to be top three. If he's going to be in the top ten, like right now he's averaging like 1.9 blocks a game, but he's not fouling out. So if he can keep himself on the floor and now perform like the way he's performing, I mean that means a lot more to me than him finishing in the top three in blocks, especially if it's translating into wins like it has yes. in the last three games. Yeah, something's gotten to him lately. I don't know if it's Mike Miller. I don't know if it was... David Fizdale when he's still here. I don't know if it's just Mitchell Robinson. I don't know if it's Marcus Morris. 
But if you notice, uh, defensively, he's not going up after a lot of those three-point shots like he used to, trying to get blocks on every single shot down there. He's not racing all over the floor. He's staying home more. He's putting his arms up. He's contesting shots. But he's not going up to block every shot. So he's not leaving the floor constantly, leaving other guys open, leaving his man to block someone else's, you know, another teammate's man's shot. Right, and he is so long, and he's such a presence. I mean, at seven feet tall, and just him being out there and the threat—it's we saw it so much um, against Portland. Just the way that it that guys are forced to alter their shots, and he's forcing misses without even touching the ball. Yeah, and this 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 new like defensive mindset they all have, and a lot of that is attributed to mix to mit, mix to Mitch. Yeah. But some of it is definitely to the to this new point guard duo that we're running. We're we're not running out DSJ anymore. This is just a strict Alfred and Frank running the offense, playing great D. Yep. And you're seeing the defense translate to everybody back there. I mean, they're not just switching on everything like they used to. Guys are running over screens, they're running under screens, but you know, if they don't get through it quick enough, they're they're at least able to trust the next guy. You know, it's gonna rotate over and it's gonna have their back. And I mean it's showing on the floor. Like you mentioned the numbers earlier, how the defense has progressed. You know what? You know what is really shitty? It's actually crummy, Barry. What's that, Craig? Your fucking audio quality on the last show. Want to take another listen again? This is what it sounded like. <laughs> Just saying, don't don't bash the Knicks for for his success. Pretty crummy, guys. It's a hard Knicks life, but for this ad, we like to say that Barry's fucking audio was really crummy, and it's a crummy Knicks life. Using a family recipe born in 1950s Brooklyn and perfected on the east end of Long Island, Clarkson Avenue Crumb Hay Company promises to deliver you the finest and most delicious crumb cakes on the market. With flavors like classic crumb, blackout, salted caramel, and Brooklyn Joe, your taste buds will thank you. And they're available in two sizes, Barry, 8 by 8 inch or the Crumpkins, which are the tiny little crumb cake bites. Okay? Right. So, so take, a trip down, take a trip down Clarkson Avenue and Crumb, get some. Visit www.clarksonavcrumb.com. Use promo code HARDNEXTLIFE for 23% off your order. Barry, by the way, told us in the last podcast that you won't hear again. Okay. That he's off the... I know. <laughs> I feel like I have to keep doing it. Because we're, we're, I can't pretend like we haven't said all this shit already. Well, Barry's not... He's on a crumb cake diet. He's not... He, he, well, the opposite of a crumb cake diet. He's on a no crumb cake diet. That's just trying to eat a little bit healthier. That's all. Go along that's with his, the work. That's out. his New Year's resolution... Let's do those Knicks resolutions that we did before, Barry. Test me out. <laughs> you feel confident now that you heard these questions before? Let's do it. Give All them right. to me. Well, listeners, play along. Uh, this is a little game and spirit of New Year's and everybody's New Year's resolutions. I'm going to name a Knicks New Year's resolution, and Craig is going to try to guess what Nick has this resolution. We're going to start just, with a very and easy just so one. you all know. I have not been provided the questions in advance. Right, never. <laughs> never. Yeah. <laughs> not an hour ago, not ever. All right, we're going to start with a really easy one. Uh, this Knicks New Year's resolution is to protect the ball more as he leads the team in turnovers with 99. Julius Randle. Boom. Ding, ding, ding. Boom. Well, that's and an just easy for the one. record, yeah, that is an easy one. So easy. You may or may not have gotten it right the last time. Yes, you did, of course. No, I did get that Of right. course you did. I'm going to play it exactly the same way as I did on the show. I'm not going to okay. pretend to know. I'm going to do we're gonna do the same as that. <laughs> okay, play. sounds good. As the Nick with the lowest free throw percentage, his New Year's resolution is to improve upon that. Oh. His free throw percentage. 
lowest free throw percent. R.J. Barrett? No, it oh, is not okay. R.J. Barrett. Not R.J. Taj Gibson? Nope, it is not Taj. Oh, come on. Could it be? I don't know. I just don't know. Barry, who is it? It is DSJ. <laughs> Dennis Smith Jr. shooting 50% from the line this season, 15 of 30. I was actually shocked that that was DSJ when you said that because dude, how is a point guard in the NBA shooting 50% from the free throw line? Right. Pretty bad. atrocious. Yes. Pretty bad. Okay. Me, and by the way, you don't have any of you don't have any leftovers that we didn't do. I had game. one that was like way too easy. I actually crossed it off because we're not going right. to do it. Well, All let's right. try that one next. No, nah, maybe later. Julius Randle and Marcus Morris lead the team in points per game and in points per thirty-six, respectively. Alonzo Trier. Hey. What? <laughs> Third on the team with twenty points per thirty-six minutes as a New Year's resolution to get some more playing time. Who is it? Alonzo Trier, man. Wow. I mean, I just you are we amazing. Dude, that's crazy. <laughs> there can't be another team in the NBA where the third the third best player in per 36 minutes is riding the bench. Oh, he's riding the bench big time. Yeah. He, he's going to end up getting dealt. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. No question. All right. Last one. This Knicks New Year's resolution is to get more rebounds. Out of all Knicks who average at least 20 minutes or more, this guy collects the fewest boards per game. Frank Nilakina. That's fucking easy, Barry. <laughs> These were way too easy. Yes, Frank Nilakina only averaging 2.1 points, uh, 2.1 rebounds per game. And not, look, not a rebounder, but there are some other guards, and especially a guy with his length and his, his, length and his, uh, his defensive length? awareness. What's his length? His length, his wingspan, and his oh, defensive yeah. awareness. You think he'd get himself in position to get some more boards out there. Why not? Well, we got that in there, Barry, and I know that was your number one concern when you heard we had to re-record. I know. Well, one other thing I want to get in there, too, because I found it fascinating. You didn't care, and but Frank Nilakina's height is – the Knicks list Frank Nilakina's height is six foot four, right now. And I feel like last year it was like – or two years ago it was like six foot five. then all of a sudden it like shot up to six seven. And you're telling me just because they you know, measure them without shoes on now, it dropped to six four. That seems short to me. Yeah, you know what? To be honest, Barry, in the last recording of this, I pretended like that was somewhat interesting, but it's really not. And you're gonna edit it out anyway? No, but I, I, <laughs> I can't sit here and act. Like... <laughs> How are you bringing up Frank's height? I just thought it was interesting. I was like, yeah, why isn't he getting more rebounds? The guy is like, and then I thought to myself, how tall is he now? Because he like grows an inch or two inches every year, and now it seems like he's shrunk. Let's talk about Frank, because in that Blazers game, he had, I, I mean, I, can you say that was a spectacular game? It was a great was game. It, what do you have, 10 assists? 10 and look assists. at the Knicks' backcourt, or not their backcourt, but their two point guards. 18 assists between the two of them. Zero turnovers. Four it's blocks, great. even. I love, I love that Mike Miller is being very consistent with how he uses the point guards. DSJ has been cast from the rotation i don't know if it's the injury i don't know if it's these rumors that he he wants to trade out of here but it is nice having two point guards running this offense who are very similar to each other are very focused defensively are focused on distributing the basketball are team guys and i think it's great to have that consistency 
if you want to play a certain style of a certain style of play, having that point guard who's going to run that system uh, is great. Whether it's the backup or the starting guard, and Frank in that game, dude, this new offense that Mike Miller's created is opening up the floor and it's creating a lot of pick and roll opportunities, alley oop opportunities for Mitchell Robinson. That's a big part of the reason why he was eleven for eleven. Frank. Got like four or five assists, I think, to Mitch. And they were connecting really well. And that dunk, Barry. There was a dunk heard around the world. Frank yes. Nilakina, dude. I, I don't know if I'm alone, but when he put that in, I, I went crazy. Did you? Because we've been waiting so long for a moment like that. He's come close. He had right. that attempt against Porzingis in the Mavs game. He had, He's had other opportunities. On the wing, where he like just came up short, or he got fouled, or got blocked. Yeah, but this yeah. one, he finally put it in. And, and what made it like, for me, I mean, just as great as the dunk was, what made it for me was his reaction afterwards. I mean, the Knicks—it wasn't like a go-ahead dunk. They were already up by like more than ten points, I think, if I remember right. And he got the crowd up going, you know, with the hands up, he, all that aggression. Everybody came running off the bench. It was a great moment. Oh, yeah, and his teammates, uh, you can tell that everybody fucking loves that kid. Yeah. Even DSJ, who you would think would be miserable out there watching, you know, the team that he can't get a... It seems like he's been cast away from them, and he's watching uh, on the bench in street clothes, and he's the first guy up, pounding Frank in the chest. Barry's yawning over there. It's okay, Barry. We're going to get through this. (laughs) Uh, but the team was pumped. He he uh, he was not shy about going right in front of that Blazers fucking bench and trying to rouse that crowd up even more. As if they needed to even get up anymore, dude. Right. That's the most emotion I've ever seen from that kid. And I think that's, you know, two and a half years of... he He's taken a lot of heat for a fucking young European point guard coming into the NBA, dude. Knicks fans either love him and put an, an enormous amount of pressure on him or they hate him and want him gone. Like it's, we all know the divide amongst Knicks fans. When he was, since he was drafted, I've been one of the biggest Frank supporters in the beginning, not even the beginning, for the past like, for the first like year and a half, two years, I thought he was going to be the next Kyrie Irving. <laughs> I really fucking believe in that kid. But over the past month or two, I'll admit, and I'm not even saying that I'm fully like Frank's back. He's the best thing ever. He's going to be, he's the future. He had one great game here. Let's see if he can keep it going. But over the past month or two, dude, I've been really down on him because he's just super inconsistent. You see flashes, but he can never seem to put together like a string of of solid offensive games. Right. And now and he's going to get his opportunity. I mean, going up against Phoenix, they say Alfred Payton's probably going to be out. Yeah, I don't He's know. What, have, get we a heard, role. have we heard why Alfred's out? It said personal reasons. It wasn't his hamstring that was listed. It said a personal reasons. So yeah, I mean, we know, we know, you know, Fizdale, when DSJ and Peyton were out, decided that he didn't want to even start Frank. He wanted to start uh, R.J. Barrett at point because he didn't want Frank to fucking get in foul trouble. But Mike Miller's going to be starting Frank in this Suns game. And it's going to be very interesting, interesting to see what happens. Frank going up a, a team that's not great. Another young team. He's probably going to be guarding Devin Booker, which is going to be a challenge. Can he put together two games where, you know, he, he's get, he's getting seven or eight plus assists, scoring nine or ten points, playing good D. He's got to put together a string of games that are like that. He's got to start doing that. 
It can't be a good game here and there and then 10 shitty games. Right. Even though his focus is on the defensive aspect, as far as getting assists and distributing being a point guard, he's got to at least be consistent in that. Yeah. Somebody who's been ultra consistent, I mean, going back five games, even in the two losses, has been Julius Randle. You know, over these last five games, don't what are you rolling your eyes at me? No, no, I, I was not actually. <laughs> I was gonna let you go. I was actually gonna pretend that you weren't reading this, at like I did in the last show. Give you a hard time about that, but now it's now you brought it up, so I didn't fucking roll my eyes at all, Barry. Right. <laughs> no, I was. On. I may maybe I did. I don't right. know. Right. Who knows? I was no. like, here we go again. Right. But over the last five games, Randall scored at least twenty points a game, including three thirty-point games. Uh-huh. He shot over 50% from the field in each of those five games, 45% from three, and that's on 33 attempts. And he's averaged three assists to 2.6 turnovers a game over that five-game stretch, which we'll take. And the Randall haters will say to you, Barry, but he plays no D, and he's got like four or five blocks on the season. What I is know. the deal with that? Why is everyone he's fucking going crazy about Over that? blocks, right? He should have more blocks. Everybody says. Well, can we not all – Can we, we never appre- just appreciate how if someone's playing well. Does it always have to be looking at the other side of things that's so bad? He probably should have won Eastern Conference Player of the Week last week. He didn't get it. And you got fucking Knicks fans who are like, yeah, he's only got four blocks on the season. (laughs) I get it. He doesn't play great. He's not a great defender. (laughs) But can we not appreciate a dude who keeps scoring 30-plus point games, who's not turning the ball over anymore like he used to? Yeah. Every fucking thing... It drives me crazy. Everything, dude, with Knicks fans is so black and white. It's fucking Miller versus Fizdale. It's fucking Randall's offense versus how shitty his defense is. It's fucking frustrating. Let's talk about the Nick who made his debut against the Blazers. Reggie Bullock? Reggie Bullock. (laughs) (laughs) Reggie Bullock. Who I refuse to call him Reggie Bullock. It's fucking Reggie Bullock. I don't care what Mike Breen's fucking media guide says. <laughs> For the whole post game, like Wally and fucking Han, they all did just keep saying Balak over and over <laughs> just because Breen said, is that really how you say his name? I, who the hell knows? But dude, he was, I mean, listen, Balak, he, he, he looked great out there for his first game back. And I think he missed 63 oh. games or 60, 60-something games. And Dude, he, he settled right into what they wanted him to do. Yeah, he was nailing those threes. It, just, it was fucking nice to see a Nick open and hitting the threes consistently. I don't, is that his game? Am yeah. I just not familiar with it? Yeah, yeah he's always been a, a, a good shooter. So he looked great. He made a big difference. The Knicks are on a three-game winning streak. They've they're, they've won six of their last 12. Are you starting to get a little nervous about, not nervous, but if we start winning some games here, our lottery chances are really going to be affected. But are you good with that? Because I'm personally, I this feels great. Three yeah, wins in a I, row. We're yeah. fucking winning. We're not a joke. We can start thumping our chests a little bit. Look, you know, you got to look at yourselves. Yes, we're winning. We won three in a row. We're still 10 and 24. There's only two teams in the whole NBA that are worse than the Knicks right now. We're still pretty bad, all right? And we got a hell of a a tough road trip coming up, which includes the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Jazz, all right? So this it's not like this team is going to be catapulting themselves anywhere, you know, up in the standings right now. And and if they get more wins throughout the season, yes, that's great. And I'm not – so to answer your question, I'm not concerned about them reducing their lottery chances, all right? I mean, number one, you you never know – 
what's going to happen in the lottery to lottery. So you could get lucky. You might get a better pick than you thought. And then as far as who you draft, you never know that either. You know, how many times we see a player that you missed or that another team gets that went behind you that turns out to be, you know, some stud. So you, but, but what you do know is the team that's in front of you and you need to get W's because that's the only thing that's going to start to change the culture and get these guys, you know, it's, it's, it's an addiction, these wins. They want to feel that more and it's going to turn the franchise around, you know, not today, not tomorrow, but you got to use these as building blocks to do it. You can't just tank all the time. Dude, you keep work. mentioning the players only meeting possibly being a turning point. They even mentioned that during the games. We don't know what it is. Well, it was it was right. it Miller taking over the reins? Was it this player only meeting? Did the players fucking just get fired up by hearing everyone criticize the roster right. and how shitty these guys are and, you know, Fizdale being lucky he, he to get out and Fizdale being the scapegoat? How could any coach coach this fucking mess of a team? Where maybe they're just pissed about that. I don't know. But something has changed in this team. I personally, and I'm not afraid to say it, because there are all the the pro-Fizdale people, who I'm convinced, if you really believed that Fizdale was a good coach, you were not fucking watching the Knicks games. Because the, the difference between the team with Miller and the team with him, dude, the difference offensively, energy-wise, everyone's having fun, it, it's it's so stark to me. Did you see the fucking team? First of all, for, for Miller's first win, they were all over him in the locker room. Remember that? Yes. And then for Bullock's, for Bullock's <laughs> <laughs> Nick debut after the game, the Knicks posted that video in the locker room of them all over him. Right. And there's a different energy to this team. You're right, Barry. It's not the same. It's it's This is not the same. I know. And God help you, Barry, if you send me your audio for this show. And it sounds like the last one did. What would we do? I might not do another podcast again if that happens. Right? Would oh, I yeah. be wrong? Oh, no. It's fucking deflating. <laughs> there's so much. I mean, I hate to say it, but there's so much good stuff <laughs> in that show. You can't duplicate it. We can't. I, I can't talk about... The voicemail we got, where I thought where I thought it was some a Spanish wrong call, <laughs> but it wasn't. It was the Macho Man. The transcript for the fucking voicemail was uh, "Si aquí es un día voy trabajo," which basically means "Here is today is the day" or something like that. I work. Makes no sense, but here, Macho Man is back. Oh yeah, guess who's back? Your voicemails have been lagging lately. Maybe it's because I haven't been calling in. Getting through cancer, though. Getting better every day. Mike Miller, I like what I'm seeing. I like what I'm seeing. But my question right now, do we have the worst trio of point guards in the history of the NBA? I think the answer to that is a definite, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. All right, so for the record, Barry, Macho Man left that voicemail before the Blazers game. Okay, because you can't come at me with that voicemail after the performance that our point guards had against Portland. <laughs> 18 assists between the two of them. Come on. No, they're not the worst trio of point guards in the history of the NBA. Come on. But at the beginning of the season, Barry, I don't know about you, but I, I, 
I believed that this was going to be an impressive group of point guards, at least a more promising group of point guards than we've had in the past. And now looking at the team of whatever it is, a third of the way through the season right now, I mean, that is not good. Emmanuel Moutier would probably be the best point guard on this team. How's he doing, by the way, right now? Is he playing? Yes, he is good. Is he minutes. doing well? Is he playing well? I don't, I'm fairly certain he's like first point guard off the bench. I don't, and I think he was playing at least the first half of the season. He was playing pretty well. But but Macho Man thinks this is the worst trio of point guards in the history of the NBA. That's a stretch. Macho Man, though, happy to hear that the, the, you're doing well against the fight against cancer. There's something really weird feeling every time we get a call from Macho Man talking about, you know, updating on his cancer battle. Because, first of all, we know that that's not the fucking Macho Man. So it's a guy doing a Macho Man impression talking about, like, a really serious thing. Right? Isn't it weird? Right. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird every week. The number of times, by the way, Barry, that you have been yawning or rubbing your eyes. You look like my son when he gets tired at like 8 (laughs) o'clock on like a Sunday after we've had like a long day of doing shit and he can't keep his eyes open. Yeah, that's me right now. Do you want to have some caffeine? No. Isn't that what you told me to do earlier in the day? Yes. (laughs) Here, Brian called in. Hey, Axbear. This is Brian. First time caller, and just finished watching the Trailblazers game. I really like the changing of the team, how they're so much better now that Fitz has been fired. But I'm really conflicted about whether or not this is good because part of me wants us to go on a run and maybe make some trades to improve the roster and maybe make the playoffs. But another part of me understands that a lot of these guys need to get traded for picks and stuff like that. So pretty much my question is, where do y'all lie on the versus improving the roster of the trade deadline versus just trying to sell everything that's not boarded down and keeping pretty much just the young guys, especially RJ and Mitch. That's pretty much the only question I have. It's hard next slide. Listen, I mean, uh, what's the question? That, you know, if we're if we're still winning towards the trade deadline, how are we going to feel about, you know, emptying our cupboards a bit, trying to get some of these picks for guys like Morris, uh, Ellington, Portis. To be honest, the only guy of those vets who's like really crucial to this team right now is Marcus Morris. And he's actually the only guy that's probably going to get us anything decent in return. I don't think we're going to get that much from Wayne Ellington, although you'll get some, you'll get like a second round pick for him. Right. And I think the question was kind of angling at like, um, if you are knocking on the door of the playoffs and you are looking to make trades, do you actually trade to try to improve your roster for this year? to help you through the playoffs, which I think the answer is no for that. You still got to look to the future. You want to ride out what you got, you know, into these playoffs, you know. Sure, you know, you push it as far as you can because I think that's going to serve you better than than tanking in the long run. But you don't look to make this a playoff contending team um, right now with those trades. You use these trades to get, like you said, a first-round pick for Morris um, you know, just young to, assets. Yeah, if you young want to get some young players. If you want to, you know, send Marcus Morris to the Lakers or or a team, you know, competing for a championship, trying to get a late first round pick. I think that's possible. If you get that opportunity, you fucking do it. Marcus Morris is a, a nice key part of this team right now. But if we're playing well and Mike Miller's got everyone playing well and and Mitch is playing well, Randall's playing well. If we're playing good team defense, I don't know if. Losing Marcus Morris for half a season is really going to affect any of that. Thanks for the call, Brian. It's really late. 
I think we should get going. By the way, can we talk about the uh, poker room in your house? Okay. That I visited a couple, what was that, last weekend you invited us over to do, do like a, you got a poker tournament coming up on the 18th in your house. Yeah, we're going to do like a monthly Texas Hold'em tournament. Dude, when, when I walked in your house, it really does feel like a, a professional, like, underground poker ring. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. You fucking walk in your house. The fu- the dining room is the first room in the house. It's set up all the time. Is that all the time like that? Yeah, well, we don't two, have a dining room table. Two so big we... poker tables. Right. Like legit poker tables. Yeah. You got you got like big boards on the wall telling everyone <laughs> how, how what the what the coins are worth and the colors are worth. Chips. You know, re- <laughs> the chips, yeah, yeah. Red for $25 or whatever that shit was. And then you got the kitchen is all set up. It's like a you might as well have a fucking bartender in there full time, dude. You've got all the it's like a hundred bottles of liquor oh, stop. out all I, the time. I, we don't have a liquor cabinet either. That's like on our list. So yeah, so that's out up on the, the one of the kitchen counters. Yeah. Dude, I spent New Year's with Jason though. We were talking a lot about you. All right. And because <laughs> we were both at your at the poker warm-up. Right. Dude, like we really expect on the 18th to like open the doors and there's like smoke billowing out of the house. <laughs> Everyone's in there smoking. There's waitresses walking around in little skimpy dresses, <laughs> handing out drinks, selling cigarettes. Right, <laughs> dude. How's the? Uh, what's our betting total at right now? Are we destined oh. for courtside seats? Uh, maybe we picked up another two hundred dollars tonight because I bet on Minnesota and OKC. Won both those games with those two. So we are at 810 right, right now. We are up 810. So we're back in the winning column. Yes. All right, guys. That's going to do it for the show tonight. I'm sorry. Actually, fuck that. Barry, should I be I, sorry? No, no. I apologize to everybody. I do. I do. It sucks. You know, who wants to listen to a podcast of two guys that are fucking, you know, miserable? You can hear how miserable you are underneath every word that we say. I have nothing to say. I feel horrible because I know we we put out a good show, and it's fucking garbage because because of my mic. It's, it's like garbage. so we bad finally, that we can't even we play. Finally had a week to fucking oh my get excited, talk about fucking something. We had a and solid we, we hour. We literally recorded the show. It was fifty eight minutes, and we were like, wow, it was solid. That's the best one we've done. And you know, it's <laughs> stupid to even talk about it because this show probably fucking sucked. Thank you, Barry. Yeah. And now it's almost one in the morning, and I gotta go piece this piece of shit together. Well, we're gonna come back quick with a new one early in the week next week. Don't make any fucking promises you can't keep, by the way. <laughs> okay. All right, next week is a West Coast trip. That is usually a little dicey when it comes to recording these shows. Listen, we're gonna do a pod Monday night, or it's gonna be later in the week, but it's gonna come at some point next week. It's a hard Nick's life. You wanna follow me on Twitter? You can follow me at Hard Nick's Life. You can follow Barry at Barry Dworkin. You can call us. Call us. Grill Barry about this fucking situation here. 516-33-MESH-1. That's 516-336-3741. If you like the show, subscribe. Leave us a review. Tell your friends. By the way, my daughter, my daughter, I can hear my daughter like screaming upstairs right now. Oh, great. <laughs> Which I should probably check on that. That's the end of the show. All right, Barry. I can hear my daughter coming down the stairs right now. Um, this is usually when she wakes up and crawls into our bed. Until next time, it is a hard Nick's life. Oh. Do you hear? Yeah. You hear my- yeah, yeah. You should have, come, have her come on the show. Quinn. <gasps> hey. What's wrong? Oh, no.
Are you okay? Oh, what's wrong? Oh, no. All right. Okay. Well, we just finished our second fucking podcast of the night. Oh, I just cursed in front of my daughter. Yep. Barry, I've never let these two worlds collide like this. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to go, you know, I guess I'm going to go take care of this right now, Barry. (laughs) (laughs) It is a hard Nick's life. Good night. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.